goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Bo Scouts goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome to our Thursday edition of Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour. If you'd like to be on the program today, all you have to do is dial 800-848-WABC, 800 800- Eight four eight nine two, do do, and of course, so many things on the table as there always are. One of the big things. I'm still in D.C. By the way, the swamp. I have been hanging out with my friends over at Heritage, the New Heritage, uh, because <laughs> this Heritage Foundation, baby, it's not the one you grew up with. And so I've been having a blast here. I'm using Heritage Studios today, and uh, one of these days they're going to be broadcasting from the Rush Limbaugh studios and i hope to be back uh to do that as well as well as having maybe some studios over in old town who knows anyway uh lots to discuss desantis of course the appeals court did you expect anything different than this the appeals court has now sided with the doj our corrupt doj Department of, it should be the DOI, the Department of Injustice, but the Department of Justice. A federal appeals court sided with the Biden Justice Department, and that is exactly what it is. It is a political, it is a political Justice Department, the Biden Justice Department. Authorized the government to continue to snoop through Donald Trump's papers, the ones that were seized. No, those are the government papers. Mm. At Mar-a-Lago, still doesn't explain why the FBI was going through Melania's clothes, does it? Or Barron's. They just want to intimidate people. Anyway, a three-judge panel of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit in Atlanta overruled federal judge Eileen Cannon, who blocked the feds from using about 100 documents marked as classified, they said, yeah, go ahead, try to nail Trump. Go ahead, try to get him. We, we're working on all cylinders. We have that AG in New York, Leticia James. There's a big story in today's news about that. Donald Trump accused of widespread financial fraud inflating his assets by billions of dollars. Attorney General Tish James, how brazen it was, according to Tish 
James Trump claims supposedly his triplex apartment where he lives at Trump Tower was 30,000 square feet. Actually, it's only 11,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. He claimed it was worth $327 million, three times what it's actual worth. What it's worth depends on how what it's worth to you. Unless all of a sudden this woman is claiming that she knows every value, that she knows exactly how things that should be priced everywhere. What it's worth to you. For instance, to me, Letitia James is worth less. Now, you can convince me that she's worthful, but she'll always be worthless to me. Just another Democrat Party hack. Worthless. But I'm sure to Democrats right now, she's one of their MVPs. She's one of the most useful Democrats on the planet. But she will remain worthless to me. That's among one, 200 examples, supposedly, of false valuations they went through. I'd like to see somebody go through Letitia's valuations. I'd like to see, and I said this yesterday and I'll say it again today, it is time to take off the gloves. I am not a person that believes in quote-unquote tit-for-tat or being vindictive, but when the other side is trying to destroy you and destroy all your family, it is time to stop playing nice with these people. It is time to actually have a couple of very well-heeled Republican donors, conservative donors, and Trump donors step up to the plate and fund a massive investigation into the friends and associates and family of Letitia James. Dig for dirt. See what's in her closet. Surely she has some family member somewhere that hasn't complied with every step of the law. Surely somebody in Letitia James' family has been involved in something nefarious or nefarious over the years. Surely somebody in Letitia James' list of associates has done something that perhaps would be against the law. Surely somebody among her friends, family, and associates is not a living, perfect human being and has committed some kind of offense that could be dug out and exploited. Wow, that sounds so mean and harsh. Yes, it does, and I apologize for it sounding mean and harsh. That is where we are right now. These people have set it out in their minds that they are going to destroy Donald Trump, and not only are they going to destroy Donald Trump, they're going to take his family down too. That's all they want to do. They've set it out. We're going to destroy destroy Trump. We're going to make sure that we take his family down, and we're going to render him politically useless for the rest of all time. Well, that's the way that they're playing with Donald Trump. It is up to this side to politically understand the challenge of that and to make sure that this prosecutor, this persecutor, not a prosecutor, this persecutor, Tish James, like like the persecutor down in Georgia, do not have the option of persecuting anybody else. They can make Donald Trump's family, imagine what they do to your family. 
If this is what Trish James can do to Donald Trump and his family, imagine what she would do to your family if she decided you were her political enemy. And we do know that that is what motivated this because she said so. She pledged before Donald Trump was even elected to president that she was going to get him. And now she spent three years using public funding to get him. This is a political persecution. And it should never be allowed to stand in what once was the United States of America. We shall see if that country still exists at all. <sighs> I tell you. Don't get nervous. Too late. Biden's disoriented behavior. Oh, yeah, Did you see yeah. that? Oh, yeah, you saw it. The guy's walking off stage. He stops. Like, where am I? Who am I? What am I doing here? Huh? Mommy, somebody, help me. Help me. I need help. And then he looks back and saw someone else and, and got eye contact. Oh, I'm on a stage. I should walk off the stage. What am I doing on the stage? I don't know. Joe, walk off. And then Joe walked off the stage, and people are still pondering, wondering, what is wrong here? He got lost. This is days after 60 Minutes, the interview. They asked him about his uh, mental acuity. And he was bragging about how good it is. He says, I'm pretty good shape. I'm in pretty good shape, huh? Then he has been rambling on about watch me, watch me, watch me. Well, people have been watching him. And he <laughs> gets on the stage and the poor thing gets lost. Mommy, where am I? Mommy, I think I got some poop on my shoes. Mommy, help. Yeah, whatever. Ma, ma, where's Jill? Where's Mommy Jill? And then Dr. Biden, who knows Dr. Biden? Doctor of what? Dr. Biden. Didn't have a children's book to read to him. Oh, stop making fun of him. Come on, man. That's right. The man's our president. Show a little respect. He gets lost walking off the stage. Can you just imagine for one moment? I, I just want don't you dare laugh at him. I just want you, not openly, I just want you to imagine for one moment. Imagine what they would have done, and by they I mean the mainstream press in this country, would have done to either Bush 43 or to Donald Trump if they were working off the stage, suddenly stopped, stared around, and it was clear that they didn't know what they were doing, where they were going, and that they were confused. Can you imagine what the mainstream press reaction would have been to that? The mainstream press would have been the ones demanding, demanding that we invoke the 25th Amendment. But it's Joe Biden. So Joe Biden can wander off the stage, look around, ask where mommy is. What am I doing here? Exactly. I don't know. And that'd be the end of that. Hey, hey, language. James Golden. Hey, snurly here. 
WABC Talk Radio 77. Don't go away. We're coming back right after this. Don't be rude. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Turn it up, baby. Put your hands in the air like you just don't care. What? This is some 80s stuff, y'all. Oh, he's underage. What are you? See, we don't care if the girls are pedos now, do we? What? Singing what? Singing what? Singing what? Joan Jett's birthday today here on WABC Talk Radio 77. Joan Jett must be about, what, 50 now? Um, picking up 17-year-olds. Um, you know, you, come on. Don't knock it. Well, wait a minute. I didn't say that. Yes, I did. Um, yeah, knock that. And you've that. got a lawyer in the room, so There's a lawyer trouble. on the right. Exactly. Not good. Not good. <laughs> I mean, it reminds me of all those stories I hear from these teachers. You know, these all these fine. T- uh, Sarah, give me a second. I got to put look at the guy when I talk to him because okay. you're, you're going to embarrass me here. You see all those stories, these teachers, these hot teachers, like picking up these students, and these students go out and they squeal. And it's like, dude, when we were in school, we that's have. Like, that's a violation of bro code. Although I got to tell you, if I were a teenage boy, I'd probably be telling everybody too. <laughs> Sarah Perry, senior legal fellow. You are a senior legal. F- I am f- indeed. <laughs> How does it feel to be a fellow? You know, it feels pretty good. It yeah. Feels pretty you scholarly. Like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very studious and very serious, uh, yeah. as you can tell. Senior counsel to the Assistant Secretary for Civil Rights at the U.S. Department of Education. Yep, I was indeed. And now you're here at Heritage. I am. The new Heritage. The new heritage. I have a slogan for y'all, but you can't use it. Well, I have one too. We have we have gone from gloved punching to bare knuckle boxing, and we're here for it. <laughs> okay. See, my slogan is a little bit more frank. It's like we get done. Well, there you go. <laughs> also effective. <laughs> all right, civil rights. Talk to me about civil rights. Okay. Why? Well, first of all. Wait a minute. How did you get into civil rights? First, y'all, first of all, this is radio. Y'all need to see her, boy. She's fine. Oh. She's fine. <laughs> 
And with that, my year is made. Thank you, everyone. Um, I tell you what, I had a dad who was a small town civil rights lawyer, and he took a case no one would take. And it was a race discrimination case against the Smithsonian. And it was one guy. It was just my dad against a team of lawyers representing a black shop owner against all the white management who was harassing him. And he won that case. $700,000 later, I said, that's what I want to do. I want the law to protect everybody equally. And that's what's driven me today. Wait a minute. You're Republican. How dare you say that? <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, I mean well, I'm, I'm just assuming you're a Republican. Maybe you are... Or a conservative or something. Are you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, conservative. Okay. Personally, Republican. Yes, that's how I vote. And so how do you, how dare you talk about civil rights? Well, I'll tell you what. Who, who, are, you, who are you to talk about civil rights? You know what I love is the left conveniently forgets that the entire civil rights movement, the abolitionists, these were conservatives. They were people who believed everyone had inherent worth that we were all created in the image of God. I think about Martin Luther King Jr., right? I want my children to be judged by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. That is such an important edict. It has driven my entire professional career. And yet we like to think, oh, it's just the Democrats who care about minority voters and minority populations. No, what they've done is they've hijacked the civil rights movement to a completely upside down agenda where now, based on exactly which one of the 81 gender identities you possess, you're more preferred and more special than everybody else. They have hijacked 50 years of progress, including for women as well. 1972's education amendments and Title IX. I give you the law that guaranteed women's sex equality in education, got us into sports. It got us into graduate programs. We started going to law school, medical school, dental school. And sure enough, now a rule is being proposed, not a small rule, a huge rule that proposes through the Department of Education to take that sex discrimination definition and expand it to gender identity discrimination. Meaning so if you're a guy like this guy from, excuse me, if you're a woman like this woman from Pennsylvania and you still have your dangly, like you can go in the locker room with a bunch of women with your dangly poking out and then and and these girls are uncomfortable because they know that something's wrong. Right. Right. You know, so you're, you're not you're not supposed to have a dangly. That's exactly in this it. room. Right. But he has it. She has a dangly. She has an Adam's apple. Yep. She has testosterone on parade and she can swim better than most of them. And yet. She's supposed to be, and we're all supposed to buy this. Absolutely. We're all supposed to buy this because if we don't buy it, something's wrong with us. Right. We're bigots. That's exactly And that's it. the new civil rights. Are you going to defend that? Absolutely not. I think it is completely upside down. And I will tell you, we're going to see Leah Thomas situations all across the country if this Title IX rule is finalized. And nobody talks about rulemaking, okay? This is a boring process in all federal agencies that allow them to take the laws that they already enforce and say, okay, there's an area here that's ambiguous. So we're going to issue a regulation to clarify it. Well, there's nothing ambiguous about the term sex. And I can tell you as sure as heck in 1972, when the law was passed, did not mean gender identity. It was passed for women's benefit. It was the pinnacle of the women's liberation movement. It was considered a feminist triumph. And yet now we have biological males taking 
vacant spots on track teams, taking rooms in dorm rooms, and taking up bathroom stalls. And it's infuriating for a woman, a former athlete, and a mother. This is a man's world, baby. What's your problem? <laughs> what's, your, what's your problem? Listen, I'm all for equality. I am you know not for saying? special wait treatment. No, wait a minute. Okay, you know, men rule. Okay. Yeah. You know? I should just go home. I'll put my apron on and cook my kids' dinner. With some fuzzy slippers. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was barefoot, but oh, I thought it was supposed that's to be barefoot. right. That's good. <laughs> Okay, so 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 now, what's Heritage doing with all this? So you're oh, here at Heritage. Why yes. did you pick Heritage? Why are you here? Civil rights yes. at Heritage. Oh man, I tell you what. First of all, this is our moment. So much of this is taking place in American classrooms. This is why I'm so passionate. I have three public school children, all teenagers. So you can say a prayer for me tonight. Oh. All teenagers. They are all in public school. Two of them need special education services, so they benefit from civil rights law based on disability. My daughter is benefiting from the civil rights law under Title IX. We benefit as women under Title VII in employment. That, to me, is really the crux of where this fight is going, is in the civil rights space. What is Title VII? Title VII is the non-discrimination in employment context. And after... The Bostock decision in 2020, Bostock versus Clayton County, thank you, Supreme Court. We now know that under Title VII, sex discrimination also means gender identity discrimination. So now you can see how it's going to work for bathrooms at work. It's going to work for pronouns, dress codes. We haven't even begun to scratch the surface of now what do you do with religious employers? What do you do with religious employees? Well, wait a minute. There was just a case where a yeshiva was told, Screw, um, forget your religion. Excuse me. You better start allowing these LGBT clubs in here. We don't care that you are, are observant Jews. Who cares? That's exact. And again, in an education context, this is where we're seeing this landscape. So much of this takes place in what Justice Stephen Breyer called the nurseries of democracy, where we go to found our ideas, to crystallize our sense about things, to debate, to philosophize. We want an open forum. We don't want ideas being eliminated, voices silenced. Let's have a discussion. Let's not choke everybody on woke orthodoxy driven by sex politics. Okay, quickly, you just said we don't want voices silence. Uh, do you ever hear Big Tech? <laughs> I'm, I'm just, They're I'm just, it. I'm just axing. Oh, okay? yes. I'm just axing. Yes, yes. Oh, I have, I have many thoughts on Big Tech. Yes, absolutely. Are we going to, are you going to be fighting some of the things that are going, we've got two conflicting rulings now, whether these big tech companies in the appeal circuit, whether yes. whether tech companies have the right to censor people. This yes. looks like it might go, maybe. Well, I tell you what, you find the government's involvement with big tech companies, you have government involvement, it is a whole new ball game. And they've benefited from something called the Communications Decency Act for too long. There's a little section, Section 230, which shields them as platforms, as publishers, like right. a magazine or a right. newspaper. Right. And what they've done is they've said, well, you can't sue us because we have immunity under Section 230. So we're going to do whatever we want. I tell you what, you give them a First Amendment standard, make them act like the virtual public square that they are, refuse to let them take money from political operatives to drive down content. I think big tech's going to be a safer space, but we have a lot of work to do first. 
A lot of stuff going on, ladies and gentlemen. This is part of the. This is why I keep calling it the new heritage. The, you know, you've never heard of heritage. I mean, you're talking these terms like this and stuff shirts, right? This. All the suits. I've got a new white paper for you to look at. <laughs> Most of us look like to see my new white paper. No, I've got a blue paper over here. But we'd rather see your white paper, wouldn't we? Anyway, this is the new heritage. I tell you what, we've we've always been great thinkers and great scholars, and that's part of the reason I wanted to come is because the reputation of heritage was stellar. It was second to none. But now it's also, we are going to get in there. We're going to get dirty. We've identified seven priority areas. We are taking the battle to the government's footsteps. We oversaw a comment process resulting in hundreds of thousands of comments submitted to the Department of Education on Title IX saying, don't you dare remove protections for women's and girls. So, Sarah Perry, you're going to come back and join us. Oh, I can't wait. Thank I can't you. wait. James Gutherman, K. Sternley, we're coming back. Your call is coming up. Don't you dare go away. Next, we were moving on, and he was with me. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. James Goldman, a.k.a. Nerdly, with you here on WABC Talk Radio 77. Michael McDonald. This is a Rod Temperton song. Who is Rat Templeton? Because you got to wrote so many hit songs for Heat Wave, Michael Jackson, George Benson, so many others. Talk about sweet freedom, all right. So the DOJ is not only, I mean, look at the list of people they're going after. They're going after Donald Trump. They're not satisfied with that. This Letitia James persecuting political hack in New York is going after the family of Donald Trump. They want to make sure that he never does this again. And if your last name is Trump, they want to stamp out that name in politics forever. This is a straight-up political prosecution. She said so. She said at the very beginning, no evidence in hand, she was going to go after him and find dirt on this man and do it. I'm telling you, this is not American justice. This is American injustice at work. And now the DOJ is investigating who do you think? Mike Lindell. They won't leave the guy alone. All right, look, I get it. They don't like Mandel out talking this election stuff. They want everybody to buy. The only people that are allowed in America to say that they think the election was stolen are Democrats. Stacey Abrams said it. Well, it's okay. It's just Stacey Abrams. You know, she can say the election was stolen. She's a black woman. Don't you dare say anything about her. Okay? You got Stacey Abrams. She can say the election's stolen. No one cares. You had Hillary Clinton out there whining that Donald Trump was an illegitimate president. Nobody cares, possibly because they know that the only time Hillary opens up her mouth, there's a lie getting ready to come out. 
So no one even bothered with that one. You've had so many Democrats out talking about stolen elections over the years. They don't care. But Mike Lindell, you let Mike Lindell go out and talk about stolen elections, and oh, no, no. Now not only has the FBI seized this man's phone, now we learn that the DOJ is investigating Mike Lindell over potential identity theft, damage to a protected computer, blah 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 So it is the Trump enemies list. They're going down one by one. Let's get Steve Bannon. Let's roll him up on some trumped-up charges. No pun intended. Let's get Mike Lindell. If you're a lawyer for Trump, let's make sure that we get his lawyers, like Rudy Giuliani, and try to damage their and tarnish their names. Let's get everybody that has been associated with Trump favorably, their family members. Let's make sure that we can ruin and destroy their lives. This is blood sport on the highest level. And if we conservatives sit back and let this happen and just say, oh, that's too bad. You know, I really like that Trump going, but I, I just, I just, if that's our attitude, well, did he do it? Did he say that he had more money than he had? Oh, hell, that's a crime now. Say you had more money than you actually have. Ooh, can you imagine if that's a crime, what they're going to do to the guys who lie about the size of their... Well, he said it was six, and it's only two. Throw him in jail. He said it was 12. Who believed that anyway? I don't know. I mean, seriously, even if he did, and I'm not saying he did, I don't care whether Donald Trump lied about how much money he has. That's his freaking business. It's his money. I don't care how much money he has. He could have $10 billion, $9 billion, $4 billion, no billion. I don't care. He was a great president, and he would be a great president again if elected again. That's what I care about, what he has done for the United States of America. I don't care whether the guy has... billion or 2.135 billion. It makes me not a, it's not my money. I don't care. This woman, this Letitia James, political hack. Once again, if Republican conservatives, if conservatives in this country, if conservatives don't find a way to fund a movement to investigate every single person that is associated with Letitia James, everyone, every family member, investigate them thoroughly, every associate, every family member of associates, everybody connected with Letitia James should be put under a microscope including her, and I don't care what the wrongdoing is. If you find that they violated a traffic ticket, make it a public offense. It is time to stop playing around with these people and take the fight back to them as hard as they're taking, and I mean the political fight. I don't mean anything other than that. It is time to stop being timid. If this is not the clearest indication yet of what these Democrats want to do to Donald Trump and to you, if they have a chance, they want you destroyed. They want Donald Trump politically destroyed so he will never cause them another political headache. And they will go through any 
any step that they have to go to make that happen. Ralph and New Rochelle, welcome. You're on WABC Talk Radio 77. Snurdly with you. How are you? Good morning, Mr. Golden. I mean, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Listen, why isn't someone looking into Mayor de Blasio, Charlene McRae, with that $800 million Thrive money that went missing and helped about 32 homeless people? I mean, they were. Okay, stop right, stop right there. Stop right there, Ralph. Stop right there. This is a prime example of what I'm talking about. Now, there, I bet you there are a lot of people, what's he talking about, $832 million? Bill de Blasio put his wife in charge of a reform that was supposed to help fund welfare, homeless people, gave her $832 million to spend in the budget. A year later, two years later, people started asking questions. Hey, where's the money? Bill de Blasio never answered where the money was. His wife, his wife never answered where the money was spent, not during the t- entire time they were in office, not after they les- left office. It is a mystery what happened to almost $1 billion. The press is not the least bit curious, and no one talks about it except for good old Ralph here in New Rochelle. And where's Letitia James? She's investigating Donald Trump. Because after all, I don't like Donald Trump. I hate Donald Trump. So I'm going to use my office as the attorney general to make sure I persecute Donald Trump. And I really don't like that little blonde biatch daughter of his. So we're going to go after her, too. And by that little smirky Don Jr., (laughs) he can talk about me all he wants. I got something for him. I got a nice subpoena for his ass. And that other one, Eric, we're going to get them all, baby. We're going to get them all. That's what we have as an attorney general, a hack. And meanwhile, there are known questions like what happened to this 830 some odd million dollars? Where's that money? And we never get the answers from that. And we never have any interest from either the mainstream press in this country or from the attorney general of New York, Letitia James. James Golden a.k.a. Snurley. We've got more of your calls when we come back right after this. Honestly, she's disgusting. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Four Grammys for this album, the debut album. Christopher Cross.
Michael McDonald background. All right, let's head back to the telephones here. Boston Early's Rush Hour. Remember, John Katsimatidis up next. Catch at night. Bob in Lock Haven, Pennsylvania. You're on with Boston Early. It's Boston Early's Rush Hour. How are you? Bo, how are you? I'm good, you thank recall, you. If you recall, I spoke to you a few weeks ago, and I, I mentioned that I was going to be going to see Dr. Oz, and I asked you what question you would like me to ask him. Mm-hmm. And you, mm-hmm. asked me, you asked me to ask him what he would do differently than uh, Fetterman. And yes. uh, the 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 room, instead of having a very, very small storefront, it was a big hardware store. It was packed. It was really packed. So I didn't get a chance to ask him the question, but I didn't have to, because he said, let me lay out six prime things that were different that he would do that Fetterman wouldn't do. And it was great. I mean, he just went down the energy thing and the economy, the open borders, the crime. Um, and then he said about the debates. He was willing to debate him, but uh, he he just didn't want to do it. Now, I, of course, he agreed to do it, but it's only going to be two weeks before the election, and they already started this early voting nonsense. So I don't know. I wish him well. But Dr. Oz was very sharp, and he is cutting it to his lead, this Fetterman and and, well, uh, I certainly I, hope that he. I hope Pennsylvania voters do the right thing here because Fetterman. You know, you even have the Amazon Prime Washington Post making comments about Fetterman's lack of uh, a willingness to commit to a debate. Which you know, I look at that two ways. I don't think that I've always, I've never understood why incumbents or the people that are in a stronger position feel like they are obligated to debate. It's like, no, I'm winning. I don't have to debate. If I were winning an election and somebody wanted to, and the only thing that could happen from the debate is that I would lose no matter what. It's not a win-win. I'm like, sorry, yo, later. <laughs> no, I'm not debating you. Anyway, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Let's go. Stay in Pennsylvania and speak with Mike. Mike, how are you? WABC Talk Radio 77. You're almost early. What's up? How you doing, Bo? You know, since James all worried about white-collar crime, what about Al Sharpton? He's been walking around. He, he's already been known for tax evasion and all, and nothing happens to Al. Nobody goes and looks. He's damaged more poor people and may, you know, than, than Donald Trump ever could, and middle class, by the donations that he takes and all. What does he do? Well, you know something? He owes, he owes the government a lot of money, and no one ever says, I don't understand this. Like other people, look, this is not just a race thing. Because some black guys that are famous, uh, Wesley Snipes, they do his, yeah, yeah, he, like, bye, Wes. <laughs> you know, he went to jail. Al Sharpton, like, has the magic wand or something. He just waves it in front of them, and they're like, oh, yes, oh, yes. It's like the Jedi, you know the Jedi tricks? No, you're not going to arrest me for owing a million dollars in taxes. No. And the agents say, no, we're not going to arrest you for owing a million dollars in taxes. You may go, Mr. Sharpton. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what it is. And so, yeah, you have a... <laughs> Letitia, look at Al. It's not going to ever happen. Mark, Staten Island, how are you? Thanks for waiting, Mark. 
Great. Nice to talk to you, Bo. Uh, regarding Eternal Jackal, J- I mean, uh, Attorney General James, uh, you know, this, uh, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, well, you, you, you know, said it said, right when you said Attorney Jackal. Attorney Jackal. This is a great title for her. The Attorney Jackal. Because this is not about law enforcement that she's doing. This is a political calculation designed to destroy Donald Trump. And she knows that if she does that, the left will put her, they'll probably have statues of her. And conservatives won't demand that anybody take them down. They'll replace a Columbus, a Christopher Columbus statue with a statue of Letitia James. Hell, the Democrats would replace a George Washington statue with a Tisha James statue if she can take Donald Trump out. Y'all think I'm joking. I'm not joking, okay? I'm not kidding. Erica, west side of New York. Erica, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. Uh, Thanks for taking my call. Um, Just got a quick question for you. I'm kind of Mm -hmm, sick and mm -hmm. tired of these uh, Republicans who sit around and keep turning the other cheek back and forth and back and forth and never do anything. What can we do? I am a registered Republican. What can we do to make sure that these people in the the woke party don't do this again? How can we... They have to pay the political price. And this is what I mean. Collectively, we can do something. We have to coalesce behind the person that enunciates the clearest plan of attack. My plan, but I'm not running, is to make sure that we have funded an investigation on every single friend and associate and family member of Letitia James. All of them should be put under a microscope. Every single one of them, investigators following them around 24-7, dig through their home records, dig through every document, find the dirt on Letitia. Find the dirt on Letitia's family. Bring it public. Air it. Make sure that Letitia Jones' family gets the same treatment that she's giving the Donald Trump family. They shouldn't be able to make one transaction without everybody going, being able to go through it without it being splayed all over every single New York newspaper. It is time to give the Democrats their own medicine. And I would say to give their own medicine in spades. However, some people might think that that was a racial remark, so I can't say that. Thank you for the suggestion that I should articulate what to do. Frank in Staten Island, you're up next. How are you doing? Good afternoon there, James. Good afternoon. Good. Uh, yeah, I was hoping you were going to talk about the story that happened the other day uh, in North Dakota. I mean, uh, South Dakota. Are you um, talking about the one where this guy killed a, Repub- a, a teenager because he thought he was part of some Republican group? And then has been let out on bail? Yes, $50,000 bail. This is a very important story. I mean, this is the Civil War that we're talking about. The beginning of the Civil uh, uh, War. Uh, 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 let's not call it that yet, my friends. We're not in a Civil War yet. And I don't even like this talk about a Civil War is in violence. No. We are in a, we are in a dark well, that sounds racist. We are in a difficult time in America where we have corruption and where our institutions of justice are corrupt and we have a two-tier justice system. 
These are the kind of things that lead other countries down that path. The United States is not anywhere near a civil war yet, but we are in an ugly and dangerous situation that requires the citizenry of this country to actually honor, pay attention to the Constitution, get off duffs, and go out and organize and vote. Hello, do you want to change this, Republicans, and stop talking about it and go organize? We all laughed. You laughed at Obama. He's just a community organizer. <laughs> community organizer. He organized his ass up in the White House, didn't he? And he's been organizing what's come out of that White House almost ever since, even during the Trump years. Okay? Organize. This is about having an organized effort to fight these people back. Politically, not violently. This is America. We need not resort to violence with each other. And we need to condone it when it is appropriate. But in this case, murder, this is not appropriate. We can't condone this. We have to speak up against it just like you're doing. Oh, time running out. Let's see. Do I have time for one more call? No, I don't. All right, here's what we've got going. Tomorrow we're going to speak with some more people from Heritage. We've got the president of Heritage that's going to be on. And this is going to be exciting. And we've got a guy I can't wait for you to hear who is totally going on offense on the things that we talked about, oversight. How do we make stuff like that happen? Why are you talking to so many people from Heritage? Because this is, I just got through talking about organization. This is one of the things that we have to do. We have to strengthen our organizational approach to fighting off the left. That is one of the key components that we have to do if we're going to be victorious. Last night I spoke very briefly. David Limbaugh was there too and so many others at the MRC 35th Gala. That's why I've been in D.C. Brent Bozell and his group. And it's been an awesome experience. They gave an amazing tribute to Rush Limbaugh, the American hero Rush Limbaugh. And I thank them for having me there. God bless and protect you and your families always. See you tomorrow. Bye. This is what organizing looks like.